It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. Say goodnight to this one! And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Hey, what do you know? It is uh, E. Hogan for a little while longer because Jeff Howe making his way up from San Marcos. He will be here shortly. Craig Way, we know, has been the traveling soldier, to say the least. Uh, Not to go military crossing, but man, the week he's had (laughs) has been unbelievable. And it continues because now he's headed back to Lawrence, Kansas, or Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, But so I'll sit in for a few minutes along with uh, Corey Gedry, who's through the glass. Corey, how are you, bud? Doing good, man. How about yourself? A little cold in here, but... Where's Colonel Parker? Uh, I'm not sure. Not sure. Maybe sleeping? uh, Out of town, yeah, maybe sleeping. Oh, yeah, he went out of town. Yeah, I call him Colonel Parker. Of course, he's uh, uh, Cam Parker, who does a great job. I think, yeah, he's got some time booked to be out of town this weekend, so he's out of the way. Corey, you you mentioned you live in Georgetown. Yes, sir, yeah. Uh, Give us the... The, the weather report parts north, and you said you lost power for about three hours, but that's it, so that's that's better than most, yeah, right? better than most. Um, definitely a lot of collapsing trees in the area. My car didn't get hit as bad as Ty, but I did get a branch on it. Oh, uh, no. No damage, though, so. Well, that's good. Ty took complain. a big dent. Well, I mean, that's and that, that's what we've tried to impress upon people who are frustrated with the power outage, especially. Look, I understand people getting so mad at Austin Energy. I live in Austin now. I lived in Buda for a long time, so I wasn't dealing with Austin. We've been in Austin now three years in Onion Creek, so we're back in the uh, in the area code. And yeah, there are frustrations. You know, the the two years ago, the the storm Uri, the seven days. I mean, that was a statewide you know grid failure. And uh, for Austin Energy's part, they were they were told to power down because to to keep the the grid stable and all that's going on with that. And I'm not going to sit here and defend Austin Energy that they have the right leadership or they've done everything right. I agree. Our city council kind of derails a lot of that stuff quite a bit. Same time, I think there's a lot of people that are easy, that are quick to to complain when, when, when things are not great. I get it. Your, your power has been out for two days. I don't, I've been there, done that. Um, we were out for six days during URI two years ago, and that that's frustrating as hell. Uh, same time, I, the the one thing I keep reading is is you know I think people are, are calling it a grid issue and calling it what's going on with our grid. Why is our city so screwed up? Yet I'm saying, well, wait a second. The the trees are down everywhere. <laughs> Every you know, Encore and PEC and anybody that does power is dealing with the same issue, and that is an unprecedented just you know tree problem that the trees have fallen on 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 power lines and that's not that's not just dedicated to Austin proper that's everywhere that's why every school district outside of Georgetown is out of school again today because schools are without power uh, gosh out in dripping springs my wife works for the dripping district uh, they they had to cancel because power issues but also like, you know, buses couldn't navigate s- streets because uh, trees were down across the road. Uh, it was all those things. So, again, it's 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 not isolated. I'm not saying Austin Energy is perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But, man, when we've heard from and talked to these these guys out on the power lines, I mean, this is not – some of these aren't easy fixes. I mean, if you have a 2,000-pound tree branch that falls on top of a of a light uh, uh, electrical pole and takes it to the ground – you know, you don't just snap your fingers and that's fixed. You got to you got to fix that, and that's going to take equipment. And let's also be advised when this happened on Tuesday into Wednesday, 
that everything was frozen for another 48 hours. So that's another trying to get out there and fix that stuff when everything's frozen over was another challenge. So let's be patient. I know it's frustrating. How can this be happening again just two years later? I understand that that's that's a huge frustration. And look, I'll be the guy that didn't lose power at all. Fortunately, and Corey, at our house, the last couple nights, we've been housing the powerless, as I call them. We've had folks in our neighborhood who did lose power for a significant amount of time. They've been overcharging their phones and eating dinner and hanging out and, uh, you know, getting back online. But, in you know, but that's what you do. And that's what you do. I understand the frustration. But let's also keep in mind, this is, look, I thought when I said yesterday that something I've never seen, I lived in Austin for 31 years. Uh, moved here in 1991, maybe 32 years now, 1991, uh, came to go to school at St. Edwards and have never left. So I've seen a lot. And then I, I thought I said, when I said, I've never seen like this. I wouldn't, I've never seen this many tree limbs down. I mean, they're everywhere. And like entire trees being tipped over and uprooted because of the weight of the ice. We've never seen that before. Uh, we've seen ice storms. We've seen ice on the roads. We've we've dealt with all of that. But kind of like Yuri two years ago, it's 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 unprecedented. It, it was a, it was more than anyone's ever seen. I felt good about saying that, and then I read Jim Spencer from KXAN, Corey, the weather, the giddy weatherman. I used to call him. He was this the happiest guy to be doing his job and talking about weather. He's retired now, but he still works over there at uh, NBC. He also wrote a blog where he said. Never happened. I've been here a long time. Never seen this before. So let's all be be understanding of that when it's and the one thing I would say 100% Corey, do not go out and start yelling at the guys that are fixing the lines and, and we've seen some of that like it's their fault. I mean, those guys are working 12 on 12 off for all of the companies, Austin Energy, PEC, Encore. Those guys aren't getting a lot of sleep and they're working out in these cold conditions, icy conditions. So uh so, you know, be be advised. Shout that. out to those guys. Absolute shout out. And let's not be shouting at them. Let's let's obviously understand that a lot of people are dealing with this, and it's frustrating as hell. But it just is at this point, and until we can get it fixed, and and you know some of this is going to take heavy heavy equipment to rebuild lines, and uh, that's not going to be you know something that happens in an hour. It's not a grid thing where they can flip a switch and your power comes back on. Unfortunately, so you know bear with it. I think we're heading in a good good direction. Also, it's good, Corey, that the sun came up. The sun came up today, and I, I know it came up yesterday and the day before and the day before. We just couldn't see it. It was buried behind steel gray clouds and ice, and we were living in a in an ice ice palace out here. But uh, the sun did rise. It's going to be nice and sunny later today. It's going to be sunny into the weekend, so at least that is a good thing. And we've got the internet back. How about that, Corey? Yes, streams online, so. Yeah, man. We, uh, we we have some things. I, I started the show yesterday, Corey, when all we had was 104.9 as a signal. We didn't have a lot going on. We were we were taping it together with Gorilla Tape and bailing wire and some some diesel powered power generation from our from our diesel generator outside. But now we're we're slowly coming back. Well, we still don't have Corey, and you're starting to experience this. There's no heat. Yeah. There's no heat in the building. You can now vouch. It's pretty cold in the building. Yeah. Got a, got a double layer on right now. So. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm wearing the uh, the double layer. But again, I'm not the, the line guy out there in the ice chomping through that. I am much better off than he and or she and whoever's doing that kind of stuff. And you first responders who did an amazing job this week helping folks who crashed their car or slipped on the ice and all of that. Uh, but man, we're, we're gaining. We've got the Horn app back. We've got hornfm.com back. We've got Corey up in here. So we're making our way just like you are too. And help a friend, help a neighbor, do what you can. Let me mention... If you have tree tree damage or tree issues, as we all do, I don't think there's any of us listening that don't have a tree or something that needs tended to. My man Jake, Jake Fowler from uh, Student Loan Payment Lawn Care, was out of my house yesterday. I, he texted me 
yesterday and said, hey, anybody, you or anybody up at the Horn needs some help with some trees or tree damage, let me know. We'll come take care of it. And uh, what do you know? I said, man, I got one because we have two big oak trees, Corey, out in the front. And I was doing the show from my house on on Wednesday morning uh, when this all began. Or was it Tuesday morning? Wednesday. Tuesday, I drove in and slid, slid around on the ice trying to get in here uh, in the dark. And then Wednesday, took some equipment home and did the show from the home headquarters. And so while I'm doing the show, these two oak trees, I'm looking at them, they're just sagging down. Uh, fortunately, I didn't get anything fall. Uh, but they, but normally they, I can see the, see everything. It, they were sagging down to where I couldn't even see out the front. And then I, once the show was over, upon further inspection, one of our trees, one of the limbs way up there just snapped. I mean, it came down, didn't fall all the way down, but it had, it had come apart. And, uh, so yeah, I, I said, Hey Jake, yeah, man, we could use it. Uh, whenever you can, it's pretty high up there. I don't know what that's going to take. Maybe let it thaw out. But, um, there he was yesterday, he and his crew. Cutting that thing down. I've already got to, now I got a whole stack of firewood for my my fire pit in the backyard, Corey, moving forward. So thank you to Jake. If you need help, I'm sure there's a lot. They're all going to be busy, but Jake and his team, I highly recommend them. It's SLPLawnCare.com. That's SLPLawnCare.com. Student loan payment lawn care. That's Jake. And as uh, they say, you know, if you don't keep up with your student loans, it'll catch up to you. If you don't keep up with your lawn and your maintenance, you'll have a hard time getting that lawn back. So call those guys. They're out there helping you with your tree trimming and getting it all cleaned up because it is a mess out there. I mean, some of it is just like apocalyptic looking. You know, when you've seen some of these pictures and we know there are areas of Austin with this beautiful oak canopy and I mean, it's just down on streets and down. It's just, it's just so sad uh, and unfortunate. And I'm assuming, Corey, we're going to have to start getting into the idea of oak wilt and those kind of things and the diseases that come on these occasions, because I don't know anything about that, but I'm sure we're going to learn about it because all these trees are broken. They're they're open to, you know, to the world now. So let's uh, let's learn about that. But uh, patience will be the key here. So, uh, Corey, how are you? Everything good with you? Yeah, man, doing good. Uh, doing good. Um, signing day was just recently. Um, it's not as big of a deal anymore since, uh, you know, players are signing a lot earlier. But, um, yeah, I mean, got uh, Derek Williams signed on with the University of Texas. Um, really excited this year. All right. Well, good. And uh, everybody healthy in your family? Everybody got through everything up up your way in Georgetown, Texas? Yeah, so most of my family lives down in the uh, southeast Texas area, the Beaumont, Port Arthur area. That's where Ooh, I'm from. Golden Triangle. Uh, I, I went ahead and... Uh, Left everyone, came out here on my own, but uh, they're doing good. Uh, they didn't get it near as bad as we did. So Yeah, my parents are in Houston, so they, they, they did not freeze. Uh, you know, it's, it's – uh, I, I would expect – if you're a Golden Triangle kid, I expected a little more accent from you, a little more accent out of you. What kind? Like a little Southern cowboy little, little, accent? Uh, just that, you know, you know what we're talking about, that whole Beaumont, that Beaumont accent. A little you know, Cajun accent. I am, oh, I'm a bit Cajun, but yeah, – There's a melding there, right? There's the folks who are working on the uh, – Working on the ship channel there, working in the refineries, and and then to get the Cajun influence in there, the deep east south southeast Texas, I'm, I would expect it. You're pretty you're pretty clean with that. How long? I mean, that's 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 good. I like that about you. Whether not that accents are a bad thing, uh, we like those too. Maybe I adapted to the Austin uh, lifestyle or something. You did, you did. Uh, all right, so Corey Gidry producing. Jeff Howe has just walked in the building. Speaking of National Signing Day, he'll have the yep. latest on uh, what's going on. Also. Is Texas and R, I should get my preposition right, are Texas and Oklahoma going to be playing in the Big 12 for another season? That story has broken. And how are you, Jeff Howe? Uh, a little winded from taking the stairs. Four but, flights. Uh, four flights. Other than that, I'm good. Driving up 35. How's traffic? No, traffic's fun. It's just, uh, <clears throat> as you can tell, my voice isn't great today. About an hour ago, it was really dicey on 
whether I was going to try to make it in. Uh, did not feel great, but you know, it uh, is what it is, and we'll power through it. And, and here you have are. A show. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you're feeling. I sorry I heard you yesterday. Just kind of struggling with the the rasp, and I, it reminded me when Trust I got me, home. It was it was way worse at uh, about six six thirty this morning. I bet. And then when I got home after hearing you, I was like, you know what? Even though it's freezing out, I'm taking my my uh, my Zyrtec. I'm going to make sure I yeah. keep pounding those things. So the minute I get off of them, I'm like, it's not going to be cedar when it's this cold. They're not going to be messing with that. Well, you know, keep keep on the meds if you're taking them. But how are you, my friend? Outside of the, uh, it's it's been a, it's been such a weird week. Are we going to have, because Wednesday was National Signing Day, and it was the quietest National Signing Day of all time. But that's good. And that is good. And a lot of it, not just because everyone signed before Christmas, but the fact that these signing day ceremonies all got postponed because of the weather in this area. Kids were going to meet, do the, you know, yeah. to have their celebration with their families and their teammates. So and I their think friends. Georgetown had theirs last night. Yeah, so a lot of them have been moved. And did that apply to the kid from Red Oak, Warren Roberson, who is still not committed? He's yeah. a hard-hitting safety from Red Oak. Who Well, he's committed to TCU, but... Verbally. Yeah. Um, yeah, Red Oak guy is, is closed again today, so it looks like he's going to push it toward, to next week at some point. And when he when they do open back up, my, and again, we're, we're not isolated in dealing with this. You go up north. My daughter's at North Texas, and... She's that's she's like dad. I've been stuck in this apartment for five days now. The school's canceled again. She's getting really a little bit of cabin fever. But yeah, they've dealt with it worse up there. So um, Red Oaks Warren Roberson and we found out that Deuce Rob- Deuce Robinson, the uh, tight end, number one prospect at that position in the country, he's going to go ahead and uh, play some baseball. I heard your thoughts on that, and I couldn't agree more that. He's got no reason to sign right now. If he wants to play his baseball season, go through the amateur draft, and you even said he could enroll next fall and not even sign a scholarship. Yeah, for a second summer session or whatever it is. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. If I was a prospect uh, of that ilk, I would not sign a national letter of intent. You just lose all your leverage, and we've seen it in basketball. You know, Texas has dealt with it. Uh, Jared Allen didn't sign in NIL. or NLI, there's too many too many acronyms. Uh, Jared Allen didn't sign one. Greg Brown didn't sign one. I don't think Mo Bamba signed one. If I'm remembering that correctly, I think he I just signed scholarship papers. So yeah, they just show up and play. Yeah, you just show and they up. They pay and, for their own tuition. No, you're still on scholarship. You just sign a scholarship agreement. You don't oh. sign the national letter of intent. Why do they sign NILs? Because it's just NLIs. the thing you've always done. <laughs> The, the the scholarship, if you sign just scholarship papers, that binds the school to you. Okay. So that's the, that's the school's binding agreement with you. Once you sign that national letter of intent, that legally binds you to the school. So if there's a coaching change or whatever, now you've got to go through the process of getting out of that, in, that, that national letter of intent and that whole rigmarole and then d- does it force you to enter the portal and now do you lose your one-time transfer exception, all that stuff. Especially in this day and age, I, I would if I was Deuce Robinson, I would not sign a national letter of intent, regardless of and, where he goes. And he's a it's just not worth it. And he and there was some. I know Texas fans got excited because there was some national reporting that maybe on the days leading up to signing day he was leaning Texas. But well, that, I, and I don't buy it. No comment on the <laughs> the source the, of the, that. The source who issued that report. Yeah. Well, clicks are clicks are important, I guess. But at the same time, um, you know, he wants to play baseball. But is it fair to say that? He he's a better football prospect at this point than baseball because I've talked well, to a lot of my baseball folks that maybe that he's not a top one hundred prospect whereas in football he's the number one tight end prospect. Here's the thing, here's the thing with him in baseball. Here's what I don't know about him in baseball. Um, is it the kind of deal where you know 
third, fourth round money would be enough to get sure. him to not go to school? Or is it one of those deals that, hey, draft me by this certain pick or through this certain round or else I'm going to go play football? Well, and Deuce Robinson, can, if, he, if he comes to Texas, he's going to play baseball, right, for David yeah. Pierce? Yeah, that's that's the plan wherever he goes. And, and baseball's a really big factor for the the three schools that are uh, – that are, that are really in, in the mix for him. And Oregon's kind of in there too, but USC, Georgia, heavily in there. Texas still on the outskirts. Uh, and all, all, all those schools that I mentioned have some sort of baseball tradition down the line. Yeah. Um, even though obviously we know what Texas baseball is. And looking forward to the alumni game tomorrow, by the way. Yeah, get, I mentioned that. Get your first look at Jalen Flores and Jared Thomas. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to listening to you talk about that because it's – Oh, we'll talk Texas baseball It is such a new sure. roster. I mean, I know we have the Dylan Campbells and the Mitchell Dailies, and there are some guys back that we know, and they're going to be leaning on heavily for leadership and just experience on this roster. Yeah, that, but, that first home series, you're going to need your program. Oh, yeah, get your <laughs> yeah, program ready. You need your program. All right, who's this guy? Who's wearing this number? And uh, not only that – Two new coaches, right? Woody Williams is now coaching yeah. the pitching staff, and uh, Steve Rodriguez has come in from Baylor to bring a, a lot of experience. And, you know, we, we, we went through the, the weeks when David Pierce decided to make those decisions after the uh, the 0-2 performance at the at the uh, College World Series. But, you know, he feels like it's a fresh start. It's new leadership. It's new voices and a lot of new players. And uh, I heard co- an interview with Coach Pierce. You were probably there at the availability. He feels like he's coaching again. But the yeah, team, the yeah. Team last was, year he was I- doing a lot of – Reminding now he's actually coaching yeah, it up. It, it, when when you got a veteran team, especially like he had last year with the kind of makeup that group had, because you think about all the times where it could have really gotten away from them last year. There, there were you know that that midweek series against Air Force. There was that you know trip to the Carolinas over spring break where, where they didn't play well. There was a couple of times where it could have gotten away and it didn't because that veteran core was so good. The leadership was so strong. The belief they had in each other was so strong. A lot of times when you got veteran teams like that, we've heard Mac Brown talk about it, heard other coaches talk about it. When you've got those player-led teams, you don't have to do a whole lot because the, everything kind of polices itself. Now, for David Pierce, when you've got so many newcomers, not just the the incoming freshmen but the transfers, now you really have to go back to, to, to basics with guys that are really trying to get assimilated to your culture. And from a leadership standpoint, you've got guys like you know Mitchell Daly and Lucas Gordon, uh, you know, Eric Kennedy to an extent, Dylan Campbell, guys that have been around for a while. And in Eric Kennedy's case, you know, came in with Calvin Murray and Brooks Kieschnick and those guys. He's been here so long. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, you've got guys that, that are stepping into leadership roles that they necessarily haven't been in. So they're trying to get acclimated to their new roles. Now you've got, uh, you know, the newcomers coming in. Really, you know, Aaron, kind of reminds you of the makeup that that 2020 team had. And and it might be hard to remember that 2020 squad because they only played 17 games, but that was the team that remember they had, they had that big series down in Minute Maid. They had that 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 nail biter with LSU. Sure, they routed Arkansas. Uh, it seemed like they they had the tough midweek loss to Arizona. It seemed like they were starting with on the with Big 12 play on the horizon. It seemed like they were starting to get it together. You know, Zach Zubia was yeah. coming into his own at first base. And what excited me about that group was the pitching staff because you still had Bryce Elder. Ty Madden was your, your number two. They were about to move Pete Hansen into the number three role. So you kind of started seeing it come together. And then, you know, the COVID stoppage happened, and that was the last we saw of the 2020 team. But that team had a similar makeup to this one in terms of you still got you got some veteran guys that have been around but stepping into new leadership roles. 
but a really, really talented group of newcomers. Sure, you mentioned Lucas Gordon. There were reports on Lucas. He's going to hope to be over be the Friday starter to replace Pete Hansen. That he's developed yeah, a he slider. Mm-hmm. Been working on that slide piece. Slide piece yep. in addition to the to the fastball and the cut and the changeup. Uh, and some of the the hitters have talked about. Oh man, good luck to the to the hitters because yeah, and, now know, that he's got three pitches. He's a LeBaron Johnson, LBJ is another guy to watch. And L- LBJ is one of the, uh, I guess the LBJ uh, Travis Staley. There's a couple guys that we saw last year. How about you know really hard throwers that the, still were trying to learn how to be pitchers. Zane Morehouse is in that conversation. And and, and Coach Pierce said Zane Morehouse has made you know more impressive strides maybe than than anybody else on in, in, on the pitching staff. And Lucas Gordon said the same thing. A couple well, of other position players said the same. Then thing. there's some some uh, you know portal transfers. The kid from Arkansas, the big tall kid, Heston Toll, yeah, Heston Toll, David Shaw from Rice is another big you know six six ish. And then guy. there's the guys that that got some time last year that maybe step in like an Ace Whitehead and can become kind of a a lead actor instead of a supporting actor in this team. But you know when that in that outfit, I think I think they're going to go into the season with four outfielders with Eric Kennedy, Dylan Campbell, uh, Ace Whitehead, and then Porter Brown, the TCU transfer, is a guy that, you know, if you follow Big 12 baseball and you follow TCU at all, Porter Brown's played a lot of baseball and was just kind of not a bad player, just kind of looking for a fresh start, and he's been really good. So you're going to be athletic in the outfield. My my thing, E, with, with the infield, you've got Mitchell Daly moving over to short. You know, Kato Hare is a guy that, from a defensive standpoint, and we were going to talk Texas baseball during the uh, – during the show, but we might as well just do it now since Aaron, I know you're a seam head and we'll, we'll go ahead and Big do it. Time. Um, Kate O'Hare is the guy at shortstop that they like his glove. His glove is ready right now. The bat probably isn't ready for him to be a full time player. So they'll move Mitchell Daly over to short, you know, second he, he base. He came in as a shortstop too, right? He moved to second yep. because Faltini was there. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, at second base, Jack O'Dowd, who we saw a little bit last year at times. Uh, a lefty, son of uh, Dan O'Dowd, the former GM of the Rockies, so a kid that's been around baseball his whole life. Uh, so you've got Jack O'Dowd, but Jaden Duplantier, Dre's brother, uh, he's had a really good had a really good fall and, and a really good winter, and uh, he's going to be competing for time at second base. So the middle in, your middle infield, you kind of got to figure it out catcher. I think they're going to go through a couple of different guys. Garrett Gilamete, the the transfer from USC. Ryan Galvan's another guy. Not probably not quite as college ready as Silas Arduan was, but really, really mature kid coming from uh, a really good high school program in Sinton. Adrian Allen is, is the head coach down there. Is a really, really good program. So he's going to get a shot. Peyton Powell's a guy that's been hurt for the better part of the last two years. He's going to get a chance to get in there. So all that stuff's going to combine. I mean, it's going to be a really intriguing team to watch because whatever your lineup is for game one. By game ten, it could be an entirely different thing. Sure. That that competition, I think, is going to have to play out throughout the early part of the season for sure. Well, and for the local, I mean, there's some young pitchers. I mean, the kid uh, Luke. Well, Luke Harrison's back, the kid from Friendswood, who was so good in a relief role last year. Does he step into a more prominent role from the left side? Uh, but I'm thinking a kid like Pierce George from Lake Travis and Grant Farlander from from uh, St. Michael's and the kid from uh, who's a redshirt freshman from Dripping Springs, Cameron O'Bannon. I mean, these are all arms that people in our area watching the flex side of things grew up watching pitch. Maybe they get an yeah. opportunity as well. LeBaron Johnson's the guy for me, though. LBJ is the guy for me. I mean, you see, well, how how much of an impact does Woody Williams have on all yeah, these guys? You see a guy that anytime you see a guy up there running it up 96, 97. Uh, high velo guy, those guys intrigue you, but now can you get him to be a pitcher? We saw at times he, he doesn't have pr- trouble throwing the ball hard. It's just 
location and confidence and yeah, feel being a for pitcher, pitches. Being yeah. a pitcher, not a thrower. And I think that's why I really am intrigued by the hiring of Woody Williams. I know there were some other names that you know, people talked about when they're looking for pitching coach and maybe, you know, the you know, former Texas pitching coach that Frank Anderson was the name out of Tennessee. But yeah. you know, Woody might be one of those, maybe the second or third choice. But I, I loved watching Woody Williams pitch when he was with the Astros and in the major leagues. I um, mean, he's a he's just he wasn't he was a pitcher. He wasn't yeah. a thrower ever. Right. I mean, he was a pitcher all the way, and he's been able to. I mean, because sometimes you can do it doesn't mean you can coach it doesn't mean you can teach it. No. At San Jack, he's shown the ability to help guys who can throw hard incorporate the pitching side of it. As an Astros fan, no disrespect to Woody, but I just think about some of those trades and signings Temper oh. Pura made during the tail end of his tenure as GM, and I just have uh, just shudder a little bit with the flashbacks. I think but. that was Drayton McLean as much as anybody because <laughs> Tim, knowing Tim is like I did. You know, he became a bit of a puppet for the owner, uh, Drayton McLean. He didn't know anything about baseball because, remember, Jerry Hunsecker was run out and Papura mm-hmm. got the job, and I think he was kind of told to make some of those trades. Here's here's the thing about Woody that really intrigues me, what a lot of people forget about Woody. Yes, he pitched for as many years as he did in the big leagues and was really good, was an all-star pitcher. Woody came up as a position player. That's right, shortstop. And I think the fact that you've got Woody who played pro ball and, and did it as a position player, Steve Rodriguez played pro ball at a really high level, uh, and Cameron Rupp as a student assistant. I forgot the Rupp's yeah. back, man. Cam so Rupp's got, back. So, and I think, and I know Tulo's still kind of involved with the program, still around a little bit, obviously not in near what he was before, and he's not a staff member. But I think those three guys on a day-to-day basis, the thing that I wonder, E, that, that the group that left – mentioned that where Tulo helped them as much as anything was the mental piece day in and day out, understanding the grind, really understanding that, hey, you're going to struggle. Guys that guys that hit 300 in the big leagues, they go through struggles. Guys that are silver sluggers and all-stars and MVPs, they struggle. And whether it's you know Zach Zubia or Ivan Melendez, guys really understood, okay, hey, if it's okay for those guys to struggle, it's okay for me to struggle and I can work through some of these things. The mental piece with Tulo day in and day out was huge. But I think between between Woody Williams, Steve Rodriguez, and Cameron Rupp, I think they can they, the, in in their own way they can bring that mental piece to it every day. That's that's gonna be huge. I think that's well with this said, group. and I think you know what nothing against you know previous coaches, but there is something with players today, and maybe all the times, but certainly now that having been there, played in the big leagues, and done that. Mm-hmm. Resonates with players that no, no, you know. You, sometimes you'll get some of these guys. I'm not saying in any of these cases specifically, but you know, you never played in the big leagues. What are you talking? Why are you teaching me? You don't. Right. Know I'm trying to get there. Well, now these are. You mentioned three names that played in the big leagues, and Cameron Rupp just wrapped up his pro career. Him being back, Woody Williams. I mean, th- these guys have been there, done that. I think that does resonate with players. It's no different. I think Turlewitzki kind of yeah. taught people that. And you've done enough radio with Rod, e, and I've done the Longhorn Blitz podcast with Rod for over a decade now. We can have the same take. The Rod Babers does, but when Rod says it, it has more weight to it because he did it. He played. He played it at Texas at a really. Or he high and Harge can say played from, the national football. You know, league. you know, I can say here. Here's how you should approach a hitting. When Mike Harge says, "Well, when I climbed into the box against so and so," yeah, all right, that takes it to a whole different level, yeah. just from a listener's perspective, but certainly from a player. All right, Mike. Uh, Mike. Mike Harge. <laughs> I'm, all right, there, Jeffrey. I'm gonna yeah. Leave you it go to ahead you and go down the road. Yep. Uh, yeah. Tell you what, Corey. Yeah, we're gonna take a break right here. Come back. Uh, we'll hit uh, the Warren Roberson stuff. We'll hit. Uh, you know the latest with Deuce Robinson, even though there's not much. Getting us some football. We'll talk Texas basketball. The big game coming up against Kansas State. Can they win that game tomorrow? tomorrow? Absolutely, they can. Well, they can win sure it. Yeah, they can. will they? I don't know. We'll, we'll look at some of the numbers from that game. Uh, that game that was played 
a few weeks ago at Moody Center. But we'll take a look at all that throughout the show. Inconceivable. We'll close out hour number one, hour two. We'll get you a flex update and another Longhorn Notebook. E again, thank you so much for, sure. for sitting no, in. I'm glad we're back up. on uh, hornfm.com and at the Horn app, and we're rolling. Well, I was trying to get myself out of bed this morning to get rocking and rolling. We'll feel better, my friend. We're powering through me. it. Thank you, sir. We're powering through it, and uh, we'll be back to do it on the other side here. Uh, on Light the Tower, on the Horn, live, local, and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Anyone that's ever uh, gone to be rebellion at the strip club with Pac-Man Jones and has not heard this song, I don't know if you've really lived. <laughs> Thanks for the return music, Corey. Appreciate that. This is Light the Tower. This is The Horn. Jeff Howe, Corey Guidry stepping in for Cam Parker today behind the glass. Cam's got, uh, I forget what region it is, Region 4, I think, UIL 6A Swim going down in San Antonio that he's uh, he's working that, so Cameron... On his way down south, if he's not already there, Craig not in today. Craig, Craig on Monday when he gets back in here, he'll just let everybody know about his crazy travel schedule. I can tell you this: Craig's travel schedule, getting to and from Morgantown, back to Austin, included a stop at a Houston area Bucky's. So I'll let him go through all that when he gets back on Monday. Actually, Craig won't be back on Monday because he'll be in Lawrence, but hopefully we'll connect with Craig and talk to him on Monday. See, that's how busy Craig is. I even forget when he's traveling. So Craig not in today. He hopped on a flight this morning to go to Manhattan to for the uh, Texas-Kansas State basketball game. That game coming up tomorrow at 3 o'clock, 2.30 pregame here on the Horn and across the Austin Radio Network. Tip off at 3 o'clock. That's with Craig and Eddie Oren on the call. And then the big Monday game in Lawrence at Allen Fieldhouse against Kansas. So massive weekend for the Longhorns on the hardwood. And Craig uh, is uh, is with the basketball team right now. So uh, a busy, busy man, Craig Way is, uh, traveling thereabouts. So the app, just to let everybody know through our situation here at the Horn, we're like a lot of Austin. We've gone without power for the last few days. But we're running on auxiliary power. But well, we got the internet back up. I'm looking at it right now. Specs text line is open, 337-3776. So if you text the show, we actually will see it as of today. I think about, what, Corey, about an hour we've had internet back up. Yep, about an hour or so. Uh, our, our phones are working, but I'm not going to put producer Corey through the pain of taking phone calls. So that's something we only say for like once a year. And I don't want today to be that day to do it. But we do have phones in case you want to call and complain about anything. Uh, the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. That's four four seven three seven seven six. But please don't don't blow up producer Corey back there uh, on day one where he's producing Light the Tower. Uh, a lot to get to. We'll get into Texas basketball. Actually, we'll do a little bit of that right now as we get to the Longhorn Notebook for this hour. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It is a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Erin Bowersock. Bowersockteam.com. She is your home loan expert. Let Erin... And her team do for you what she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move to Georgetown. Very easy, lightning-fast process going through the home loan process. Craig has nothing but good things to say about how it went. Bowersockteam.com, Aaron Bowersock, she is your home loan expert. 
Okay. Uh, oh, texter. I'll get to that here in just a little bit. I do want to make sure I respond to that text that just popped up. Thank you very much for uh, letting me know about that. See, I, I miss our texters texting into the show. Uh, and thank you, everybody, that's able to listen on the app. I think, Corey, correct me if I'm wrong with the signals. We're very much on 1049, but 1019 and AM 1260, I think, still waiting for those two to come back. Have you heard anything different in the last... I haven't heard an update minutes. on that. Just know that uh, we're on the stream and we're on uh, 104.9. Yep, we're on, the, we're on the stream and we're on 104.9. So let me give you a rundown of what's going on with the Longhorns on the recruiting front. Warren Roberson, uh, the uh, four-star defensive back out of Red Oak, committed to TCU, Texas, USC in the mix for him. Everything we've heard behind the scenes still points to Texas being the pick. But Red Oak ISD is closed today. My man Hudson Standish at Horns 24-7 is planning on having an update here later this morning with some details on when Warren Roberson is going to make the call. But it sounds like at the very least that is getting pushed back through the weekend to the early portion of next week once school is back open and people can get there and he can have the the ceremony and the celebration that he deserves for getting to the end of the recruiting process. On Deuce Robinson Aaron and I were just talking about it. I don't know when he's going to sign at this point. He didn't sign on Wednesday. We knew that much. Uh, I know some people thought that maybe he might do it right now, but he could just let the process play out, enroll in June, be drafted, see where the draft falls, and then make a final decision from there. But uh, right now, Deuce Robinson's still on the market. Texas very much not quitting in that recruitment. So those are the two guys Texas is after. Uh, in the class of 2023 left on the board. And then after that, it's portal, guys. And they'll hit the portal. Uh, they'll hit the portal once it opens at the end of spring. And look, you're going to have guys that are on this roster for spring practice that when you go to the spring game on April 15th that you'll see in the burnt orange and white that you're not going to see after that. That'll be their last public appearance uh, as members of the University of Texas football team because the way the depth chart shakes out, there are going to be some guys that are told after spring, like, hey, if you want to play, Maybe you need to go find somewhere else to play, or it just doesn't look like we got any plans for you. I mean, those are those are frank conversations that Steve Sarkeesian and every other head coach in the country has after spring practice is over. So there will be roster movement after spring ball, but in terms of the portal and that kind of stuff, things pretty quiet for right now. We were supposed to have a Steve Sarkeesian news conference on Wednesday. That was initially supposed to be an in-person press conference. It was moved to a Zoom call. Then it was canceled. Uh, don't expect anything next week. As a matter of fact, I'm told not to expect anything, at least in terms of a formal media availability with Sark until closer to the start of spring practice in March. So you're looking at maybe later this month before you hear from Sark or even in the early part of March before you hear from Sark. So that's just kind of where things stand for Texas on the recruiting front. It's full steam ahead for the class of 2024 at this point. This Friday is usually when we visit uh, with my guy Mike Roach, our recruiting editor at Horns 24-7, but up until I just went down the hall to get water and was told that the phones were back up, we weren't planning on having phones, and we weren't planning on having guests today, so that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, but that's kind of where things stand on the recruiting front. Get over to Horns 24-7 and check everything out. If you don't read anything else this week, Longhorn fans, get over to the site and read Mike's two-parter on how the class of 2023 came together. His two-part behind-the-scenes look, probably the two best articles you'll read on the site all year. I'm serious. It's great stuff. Nobody's closer to these recruitments than Mike is. Really lets you know how everything unfolded. 
with the guys Texas got and some of the guys Texas did not get. So get over to Horns 24-7 and check that out. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll save the Texas basketball talk for next hour. Uh, we've already hit Texas baseball. Aaron Hogan and I hit that in the first segment. So there's your Longhorn baseball talk. Just talked about what there is to talk football right now. I want to get into some of the Texas OU SEC stuff and some Texas basketball. I want to do that next hour. But for right now... Let's go ahead and take the break, come back, and we'll close out hour number one with a little inconceivable. We'll do that on the other side and close out hour number one on Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. All right, time for a little inconceivable. Uh, it's uh, it's Friday, so that means we go to the most flaccid state in the lower 48. We grab that low-hanging fruit from Florida on a Friday. We could do Florida man, Florida woman stories, just stories from the Sunshine State period each day throughout the week, but we save it for Friday. Uh, and we've got two today, two that I want to get to. One, uh, well... I'll, I'll put it this way. This is one where uh, I saw the video of this on the Twitter machine and probably, yeah, I think at the end of the day, we're going to need to get the cauldron ready. Corey, you know about the cauldron that we use on Light the Tower? I do not. There are certain members of society that are so unproductive or drag the rest of us down that the only way to deal with said persons is to get a cauldron ready, boil them in oil and sell their fat for soap. That's the only purpose that they serve they're at that point they're at that level of society a lot of them come from florida or uh yeah we get the cauldron ready for florida man and, and the occasional florida woman and, and you know it may i'd say on an average maybe once a week we have to get the cauldron ready for somebody it's like you know, there's just certain things you do like anything involving harm to children or the yeah. elderly yeah you're, you're going straight in the no, not even getting a trial it's uh we're not even doing like lord uh Lord of the Rings. We're not even doing Game of Thrones uh, trial by combat. We're going straight. Like you just go straight to the cauldron. I support the cauldron. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm gonna get like hats or shirts or something. Just say support the cauldron. Make the cauldron great again. That's what I'm all about. Uh, the parents of a nine-year-old Florida girl who is videoed being mercilessly beaten by two boys aboard a school bus plan to pursue criminal charges against her attackers, according to reports. I'm reading this from the uh, New York Post. Footage of the stomach-churning assault. That's probably the best way to put it when I saw this on the Twitter machine. Shows two boys ferociously and repeatedly pummeling the third grader at Coconut Palm K-8 Academy in Homestead as she desperately tries to fend them off. No adults intervened during the almost 30 seconds of the attack that was recorded by a classmate. The mother of the victim told Local 10 News she will demand criminal charges against her child's assailant, as I think would any parent in that situation she told the outlet outlet that school administrators are overwhelmed by spiraling violence inside and around the school and their response was to advise her to enroll her three children elsewhere that is pretty rough when your violence issue is the fact that you have a violence issue every school has incidents right Corey, when you're where'd you go to high school Corey? Nederland high school Nederland. yes Nederland high school. did you ever see any big fights at Nederland high school um we Anything Only fights were really in the football locker room. Generally, that's just uh, it might be between two uh, new sophomores, you know, uh, getting in the varsity like, locker room. Like week of the PNG game, everybody getting a little little more juiced up. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, we come together the week of the PNG game. Uh, but yeah, people are definitely juiced. Maybe up. Maybe the week after, if it's a loss to PNG, maybe there's some 
extra testosterone flowing to the locker well, room? Well, we lost my senior year, and Rashawn Johnson had six rushing touchdowns against us. So, yeah, probably you, after that. Did you uh, Were you in a position to tackle, row, or no? I was not. I was a slot receiver on okay. offense, you know. Um, so you had, to try to, you had to try to answer the scores then. Yeah, we didn't do a good job. We're not that. we're not successful answering said scores from Roshan Johnson. Okay. Um so yeah, she, the parent of the victim told the uh she was told by administrators to enroll her three children elsewhere. The heartbroken mom noted her two older kids have also been bullied during their brief time at the school and counselors and administrators have done nothing to address her complaints. I, I'll say this, not in complete defense of school administrators, right? My wife is a school administrator, as a lot of people know. And I'll say this about bullying incidents and things of that nature. If the administrators don't know, they can't help. Got to go to the administrators. You got you to gotta go to an adult. You got to go to somebody in charge. Now, if you go to that adult and they don't do anything about it, then, okay, now you're talking about a different deal. But I will defend my wife's profession there a little bit. Like you tell people all the time, Corey. Do you, you have a significant other, Corey? We're gonna learn a little bit about producer Corey here in this I, segment. I do, yes, I do. Okay, fiance, girlfriend, Girl, wife, girlfriend. Okay. Um, how many times has this phrase come up in a conversation between you two? I can't do what you want me to do. I can't help you if I don't know. Yeah. Oh, like right. where your significant other just expects you to understand to read the mind. You know. Yeah. And us guys, we're not good at picking up no. on these social cues. I told like my that. wife that as long as we've been together and like almost two decades into this thing, like it annoys me to no end when she's like, hey, go over there and pick up that. I'm like, what is that? There are 95 things in the general area where that was. It's just like, you know, I, I tell my wife all the time, I was like, having a conversation with you is like having a conversation with my dad, with my late father. Dad, where where's that, uh, where's that rake you want me to grab? It's over yonder. Over yonder is not a point of direction that doesn't help me understand in which vicinity from my person where the rake is right now. So, yeah, just I can't help you if I don't know. That's the same thing with administrators and kids. So I, I saw that video. Uh, you know, normally I like to have fun on Inconceivable and say, yeah, hey, yeah, go to the Twitter machine and check it out. But, dude, just if you do it, it's against your better judgment and against my advice. Here's a lighthearted one for us to end Inconceivable on. We stay in Florida. Uh, we're staying in South Florida, actually. A South Miami-Dade man biting off the head of a woman's pet snake spiraled into a domestic fight and police forcefully entering their apartment Monday afternoon. We want to count the red flags there. Kevin Justin Mayorga is facing charges of animal cruelty with intent to kill, resisting an officer with violence, and false imprisonment. The 32-year-old remains in jail on a $15,000 bond. Around 4.40 p.m., well, if this happened in the middle of the afternoon, that's, normally I'd say, okay, if this is happening like 4.40 a.m. or like 2 a.m., you're like, okay, maybe alcohol or some foreign substance was involved. Uh, but no, this happened just in the middle of the afternoon, right before rush hour traffic. Uh, Miami-Dade police responded to a domestic dispute uh, at an apartment complex in Cutler Bay. The officers could hear fighting between Mayorga and a woman inside of the apartment, according to police. No one came to the door when officers knocked and called out to them. Soon after, police say they could hear screaming from the woman inside and what sounded like her yelling, just kick the door in. That's not good whenever you hear that. Forcing their way in, officers saw the woman about two feet from them and Mayorga running to the front of the door, running to the front door to close it, quote, preventing officers from entering to assist any potential victims and holding victim against her will, according to authorities. 
Mayorga was tased to no avail. That's another Florida red flag when the taser doesn't work. And officers had to remove him from the apartment. In that process, he hit one of the officers in the eyelid as they tried to detain him. So we've got domestic disturbance. Taser doesn't work. Struck an officer. Well, you're just filling up the Florida man bingo card in one story right here. After the scuffle, Mayorga was in cuffs. The officers noticed a ball python with no head right next to the front door in the home. That's when police say the woman told officers Mayorga bit her pet snake's head off. Well, you got tasers and punching cops and your pet's heads are falling off. That takes that one-liner to a whole new level. Corey, you ever seen anybody bite the head off of an animal in your presence? Uh, I have not uh, not any Ozzy Osbourne action, but I don't like snakes, so I'm I, wouldn't not a, be, I wouldn't be too mad at I'm it. I'm not a big fan of the reptile either. Uh, I've never seen anyone bite the head off of an animal in my presence, but uh, yeah, if you're going to bite the head off a ball python, I don't know if you're, you know, crazy brave or wh- however you want to couch that, but that's, that's on the list of people that I don't want to mess with. Like, don't mess with anybody. I just have a list of, like, people I won't confront. Anyone that's been in the military, because you're trained, yet you got a special set of skills at that point. Anyone who's ever been to jail, because I think at that point you've probably done something that, that led you there, even if it was you know not necessarily your fault. I just don't want to mess with anybody that's been to jail and anybody that has a facial tattoo. Yeah. And I'm going to throw a fourth in there. Anybody that's willing to bite the head off of a snake, just. We'll keep, we can't be friends. I'm going to keep my distance from you. So that's all good. All right. That does it for hour number one. Hour number two coming up next here on Light the Tower on the Horn. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.